Did you know that the health industry is one of the biggest employers in Australia? I think it's fair to say that that probably means there are lots of people doing lots of jobs that we've never heard of and certainly don't understand what they do or when we'd need to go and see them. My next guest on HealthSpeak reckons he fits into that category. I wonder if you agree. Here he is. Hi, Marcus. I'm good. So this is where it all happens. Yes. So we're quite lucky because we're one of the few people have the pool and the gym side by side. So we're in here, you might be able to just hear the echo a little bit, and there's a pool and there's a gym there, and you've called yourself an EP a few times. <laughs> well, what does an exercise physiologist do, Marcus? Uh, so an exercise physiologist, almost like engineers of the body. So basically we look at um, how we can make someone's body perform better. Now that can be someone who has chronic disease. So if you have type 2 diabetes, you are not metabolising glucose correctly. Every time we move, every time we need energy, we use glucose. So the more we move and with the correct exercises, that can actually then help someone be re-engineered to lower their reliance on you know, insulin and things in diabetes. Um, if someone's injured, same deal. If they've got a, a shoulder problem, we look at re-engineering the shoulder to work. If someone just wants to get healthy, same sort of thing. So that's kind of what we look at is actually, you know, engineering your body for, for your peak performance. And that really depends on what you want, um, as opposed to what we think is best for you. I love this. So a bit like if you were an engineer and you're about to build a bridge, you'd go to the client first and say, well, what kind of bridge do you want us to build? You're, exactly. you're doing the same. Exactly. A chronic disease person that we deal with lately, they want to be able to go to their grandchild's soccer game and be able to stand without back pain. You know, that's their functional goal. So what we're looking at is engineering that, that they can actually go and watch that. So you don't have to run a marathon by the time we end up seeing you, Marcus, or drink kale smoothies. That's the one that I always use. <laughs> no, not at, not at all. Not at all. For some people, it is simply, I want to be able to open a door by myself. I want to be able to open a jar. I would like to be able to go back to work. Or they want to get back to their sport or their probus club or whatever it is, depending on, on the person. So let's go back into the gym and away from the echo a little bit. First of all, how do they find themselves to you? What do you have to do if you want to go and see an exercise physiologist or an engineer, whatever you like? I don't care what letters you've got at the end of your name. Generally, um, most of our work at the moment does come through referrals from general practitioners. Um, that's in the private sector. Um, thankfully, exercise physiologists are now accessible under Medicare through the allied health professionals. So basically that means they could go to their GP, their normal doctor, yep. Um, so I think I need to go to an exercise physiologist or the GP might say that. They can show you Medicare card. They don't have to pay anything. Yep, that is correct. Um, that's for us. We, we don't charge a gap. Generally speaking, it's five services that an individual can come and access and almost get a taster for what an exercise physiologist does. And if that can help them with their lifestyle, then quite often we find that they continue on as a private paying. We're also claimable through many health funds. When it comes to our workers' compensation and compensable clients, uh, we quite often get direct referrals from the insurer, direct referrals from rehabilitation providers, independent specialists. Um, there's a variety of areas that you can get that from. And then people can self-refer. Okay, so what do I wear? My trackies? My, my Lululemons? Do I mean, how fancy do I need to look? Because that's, you know, you've got a pool here. Some people don't like getting into the bathers. No, they don't. And uh, we have individuals that hop in in shorts and T-shirt. We have people that come from work. Um, generally what we say to people is loose, comfortable clothing. 
But we also have guys that are tradesmen that will come in their you know, tradie pants and things like that. And they're quite um, capable of doing all the exercises that re- they require. When we're looking at the rehabilitation of someone, it's not how hard do you push them. So generally they're not sweating like something you'd see on Biggest Loser or something like that. It's really functional. If that person's come to you with pelvic instability that they can't go up and down a ladder at work, that's what you're focusing on. Um, and as long as they're comfortable and they can move, that's all they require. And then what happens? Do we sit down? Do we have a little bit of a a chat? I'll tell you what's going on, which bits hurt, which bits aren't working properly. What happens? Yep. So basically we have um, almost a three-part initiation for someone when they first meet us. So initially they come in, they meet you, you have a chat, um, introduce yourself, explain what an exercise physiologist does. Do you have to do that all the time? I mean, are are most people not quite sure? Uh, Yes. Nearly every time someone comes through. Probably the biggest thing we find is people switch off when they hear the word exercise they don't even hear the word physiologist it's just a panic station of i'm gonna to have to run 5ks or i'm gonna to have to do this beep test yep. <laughs> whereas if uh you know if we were happened to be called you know a human physiologist or something like or just physiologist i think people's understanding would be a little bit different they just tend to hear that word exercise and for you know a 72 year old individual who's just had two knee replacements that's a scary thought Um, so generally it's explaining what it is um, how they got to us they give us their own background what brought you here what motivated you what are your goals Um, and then we look at a actual physical assessment height weight blood pressure resting heart rate you know waist hip measurements range of motion analysis Um, Usually if it's an upper body problem, we look at some grip strength and some other objective tests that we may use. Quite often it's a sit to stand um, where we're looking at someone's mobility. Um, We look at their flexibility to get an overall picture of where that person is. I now feel like I should be talking to you with my shoulders back and head straight because you might be making all these judgments about what what's wrong with my body. But I guess that's that's one of the things that you are trained in to work out when things not moving right correctly. Um, how to make it move correctly. You know, you hear the old cliches of uh, when they've got to pick something up, you know, bend your knees, do this, do that. Well, for some people, they can't. You know, some people have a fused ankle. Some people have a knee replacement. So what you need to do is you need to teach them alternative strategies to be able to do active daily living tasks. I still want to use my bottom cupboard where my slow cooker is, but I can't squat down like I've been told because I have a knee replacement. So it's, you know, going through all those sorts of things. What do you think is the biggest misconception that your clients or patients have about what's going to happen in this room before they walk in the door? Uh, Biggest misconception, I think, is one, they either think we're a physio and then they arrive and they see a pool and they see a gym set up, or two, they think you're a personal trainer and they can't understand why they're not on the bike doing bicep curls. Um, So I think the clarity of what an exercise physiologist is, and given that we're relatively new, Um, I've been doing it 22 years and I was one of the first two to be accredited in Tasmania. So it's a fairly new field. Why did you want to get into this? I don't know. Did you know much about it first? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So basically uh, what sort of sparked my interest was uh, as a junior cricketer, um, there was an import player who was playing with us at the Launceston Cricket Club who was... Um, Back then he was called a sports scientist and he said, why don't you go and do this applied science degree with a major in sports science and a minor in chemistry? There's so many opportunities. I'd never heard of it. It was either, once again, physio or you just go and do a a course and become a personal trainer. So throughout my degree, I was lucky to have some good lecturers that said, you know, you all probably sitting here think you're going to deal with elite athletes. They're 2% of the population. There's 98% of the population that are normal. 
that's who needs your help. So um, when I first started, there was a big gap that have surgery, that have their hands on physio, but then that's kind of when treatment petered out and there was no one there to actually say to someone, well, listen, here's the next phase of your recovery, which is let's strengthen, stabilise, get some um, function back into your body. Um, and that's, that's kind of when it all started. So take that a bit further. Now you've been doing it for 22 years. Why, why do you do what you do? Why do you love it? Um, I'm lucky that I have job diversity. Usually at least two days a week, I'm out of the clinical setting either at workplaces. You know, I can simulate as much as I can you lifting something correctly or being to do what you need to do at work. But when I actually am in your workplace and you say to me, I can't do this task, we can actually look at it and come up with some strategies there and then. So having the diversity, I think, is a big um, key to being an exercise phys. If there's one person that is a really good example of the kind of work that you do and the difference you can make in someone's life, tell me that story. Um, Probably there it would be uh, an individual that I had probably eight or ten years ago, um, a very, very high-impact motor vehicle accident um, resulting in multi-level fusions of the neck, um, also resulting in discogenic damage to the lower back. So just tell me what those things mean in, oh, sorry, sorry, normal sorry. language, yeah, <laughs> a buggered neck and a buggered yeah, back. Pretty much. So a neck that required surgery with a titanium rod and steel cage put around it to basically fuse those vertebrae, um, multiple fractures to the pelvis, um, some internal injuries, it basically said, look, if you can actually learn to walk and get moving again, you know, you're doing a good job. Um, it took a long time, but we got that person back to the point where they were back at work. Um, they had relatively normal function. Um, and then, unfortunately, they developed a chronic disease. And due to their injuries, they were unable to have conventional treatments for that. Um, however, the specialist said, because you've maintained your health post your accident, they said you can undergo some of this more experimental, non-conventional treatment, which worked. The secret life of an exercise physiologist. Need one? Well, as he said, you can ask your GP or you can self-refer. This is the type of stuff we're trying to uncover on every episode of HealthSpeak. And with the health industry being one of the biggest employers in Australia, what do all these people do? And how can they help us live our lives being as healthy as possible, given the bodies and circumstances that we've got, and ultimately keeping us out of hospital. Know someone who needs some help with that? Send them the link to this podcast or grab their phone and just subscribe them. Maybe tag them on one of our Facebook or Instagram posts. And if you haven't liked us, go and find us on there soon. We're stoked with the support that these interviews have been getting so far. It's just incredible. But we'd love you to help us ramp it up. Thanks for your support so far. This project was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government. 